This podcast is hosted by RPP. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. Normal people, Esther, don't just go straight to demonic infestation like we do. Because the government was also freaked out about the movies. They might be dealing with a demonic possession. Meanwhile, as she's on top of him squeezing his throat, she's screaming, who sent him here? And they started to move towards her really fast. What are these? Australian aliens. Press the sound effect. Hello, hello, hello. We're back, bitches. We're back. We're back. It's the Fridge Fairies. Yes. <laughs> and we're serving you some fairy bread at I think my fridge is haunted. Season three, bitches. Oh my god, have you guys been? Thank you for following us this far. I mean, no, season three. People are actually following us this far. It's like kind of crazy. Um, one hundred ninety nine in Poland, bitch. We are the one (laughs) hundred. We are 199 true crime podcast in Poland. We don't know if that's out of a hun- that's out of 200. We don't know if it's out of 199. Who knows? We don't know if it's out of a thousand. But uh, just our producer got an email saying congratulations, and we were like, uh, "We'll take that." Cool. Oh, I was doing a face mask at the time, and I weed a little bit from laughing. God, it was funny. It was funny. Um, whoever is our Polish listener, send <laughs> us a message. <laughs> yeah, the single person in Poland listening to us. You're a legend. Yes. Thank um, you. Make yourself known. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, I hope it's Henry Zabrowski, but... Is he Polish? He's Polish, but... Cool. I was hoping it was Anthony from the Fab Five. Oh, it could... Yeah, mm, could be that. Could, <laughs> is Stalin Polish? Stalin was Russian? Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's totally dead. Who's the guy that's always posing with his shirt off and Trump loves him? Oh, Putin. Putin. No, I don't think Putin would be interested in what we have to say. He doesn't like gay people. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't like you either, Putin. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into it. It's season three, so you know what that means. Facts from the freezer. Facts from the freezer. <laughs> Okay, my fact I learnt without the internet. I learnt it just from daily life. Cool. Do you know donkeys poo in the one spot? What? Like all the time? All the time. Holy sh... Right? (laughs) Cool. Like like the place where um, Mino, the horse that I'm caring for slash riding. Yeah. They breed miniature donkeys. Oh, my God. And the paddocks are full of these little mini donkeys. And then within the paddocks is just like these special little allotted places full of mounds of poo. And I'm like, oh, that's odd. Why are you mounding the poo there? Why don't you just take it out of the paddock? And they're like, no, donkeys poo in the one spot. Classic. So clean. Some rats are like that. It's amazing. I'm mostly girl rats, but I've definitely had rats that are like, this corner's for food, this corner's for sleep, this corner is for poo. It's great. 
Yeah. I just, I oh my God. Well done, loved donkeys. It. So they keep their place clean. I saw baby goats this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's just like a paddock near my house. Cute. And normally there's like two goats in there, but today there was like loads. Cute. Yeah. If there's one, loads. I, I thought it was wearing a sweater, but that's just the way its fur was. Like it was just white in the shape of a sweater. You need to steal that one for us. If there's <laughs> heaps, they won't notice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think they'll miss sweater goat. Mm, not if you just put a normal sweater on another goat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> All right, your fact. All right, facts for freezer. I've got an animal one as well. <clears throat> Alligators will give manatees the right of way if That's, they're swimming near each other. That is the best. I'm sorry, sir. After you. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's um, nuts. I don't know. I don't, I, what? A respect thing? Yeah, maybe. the. Uh, well, they're kind of like the elephants of the sea and aren't elephants meant to be like the most wise yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. like maybe a, like an animal like kingdom. Like I'll nod my hat to you in manatee. the street. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't Damn. it? Because you would have thought that alligators would eat manatees because, like, you know, they're, they're the perfect juice. Yeah, they're they're like marshmallows of the sea. Yeah, meaty marshmallows, <laughs> meaty marshmallows of the sea. <laughs> so, uh, look. As with many of my facts, um, it could be a joke. I might have yeah, been. Where led, are you getting these? I might have been led down. Um, Were you on that weird section of Pornhub again, Gemma? No, 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 no. It was a fact website. Oh, it was oh, actually yeah. a fact website. So that's that's enough for Look, me. Manatee experts, correct us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or don't, or just let the fantasy fly because it's very nice. Yeah, exactly. People need a little bit of um, positivity. Yeah. At the moment, and manatees are the best. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, uh, I also want to give a shout out to my troll Zach. Oh, Zach, Hashtag we Zach miss you, Zach. Because uh, Zach trolling me was the worst thing you ever did. Yeah, and I you're going to regret it. I will be a pain in your ass for the rest of your life. She will be the oversized butt plug that that one weird dude ordered from the internet, but yep. it keeps resurfacing and arriving. Back to your parents' and house, and it's and it's malfunctioning, and it keeps giving you electric shocks, and it's made of sandpaper. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So, Zach, hi, Zach. Led, okay, for guys, if you don't know the whole Zach thing, we got our first douchebag, <laughs> but he specifically <laughs> aimed at Gemma for some reason, and was like, "Your podcast sucks, and I don't think you're pretty." And then no, he it just was kept like, going, it was "Like, oh my god, you're ugly AF, and your podcast is." the worst or something like that and, and i was and like Gemma being bitch. a legend was just like <laughs> just absolutely blasted him with all this like fake romance bullshit it was just a, that's how you get trolls mm-hmm. like i mean that's how you get them back i will never leave you alone zach i got trolled the other day and it, i got so angry about it because i hate trolls but there was um a post that some american dickhead posted and he's like Serves you right, Applebee's, for the crap service. And he shat in the toilet. And instead of just putting it in the toilet like everyone else and flushing, he made like a burrito web of toilet paper and made like a, um, like a, what are those things you hang above a baby's crib? Bunting? No. What are those like a, uh, a, uh, a mobile? Mobile. He made like a toilet paper mobile nest and put his huge shit in the nest and then hung it in the cubicle of the toilet, 
great. And everyone was like, oh, that's hilarious. And I just wrote on it, this is such a douche move to pull during COVID. Dude, do not do meth. Stop. And don't just put your shit in the toilet. Yeah. And that's all I wrote. I'm like, this is such a douche move to do during COVID, you twat. And did they crucify you? Oh, I got crucified by this like little white American trash boy who's like, <laughs> read the date, you fuckwit. It's 2019. COVID wasn't even a thing then. And I'm like, it's still a douche thing to do. And I'm like, so you're defending the guy who shat into his hand, made a, a mobile and then hung it in the pa- in the in the toilet cubicle. And I'm just like, this isn't taking it out on Apple's bees. This is taking it out on the cleaners that have to clean it. Exactly. Like, yeah, as a yeah. cleaner, this this sort of shit pisses me off. And he ke- and then he's like, you're a he, she. He then started really? going off. And I'm like, okay, That's all you go. can come up with. Come on. Yeah, he just kept going. Oh, mate. I wanted to find his address in America and ruin his life. But instead I'm like, I'm just gonna, no, I'm just gonna it, try to let it go. Just gonna walk away. Try to let it go. Yeah, but mate, I had like I had a whole plan. I was gonna find his workplace, find his home address, find his parents' house. I was gonna fuck him up all the way from Mornington Peninsula. <sighs> Little douche canoe. Anyway Dickhead. guys. Yeah. All right, well let's get into the stories. Uh, I'm super excited about this because I love being told a story. So I'm really excited for for, for your my one. experience of me of you telling me the story or of me telling you my I story. I love being told a story. Cool. I can't so wait. So let's get mine over and done with so you can tell me a story. Ah, I want to hear yours. Okay, uh, so I'm going to go first. Uh, today I'm going to give you a really recent one and it's a true crime. I'm going to tell you about the Nova Scotia shooting, Canada's deadliest mass shooting. Whoa. My sources. All right. My sources. ABC News, Global News, The Guardian, Business Insider, CBC, Wikipedia, CTV News, and The National Post. Woo. So uh, get ready because I'm about to ruin your day. As I like Sweet. To do. It's already ruined, but let's go. Good. Okay. Well, it's about to be ruined. Cool. Um... Okay, so this story actually begins on July 3rd of last year, of 2019. July 3rd. Holy shit. Holy shit. So it's it's just over a a year now. Pretty much like, yeah, like a year and a week or something. Right. Yeah, like a year. Uh, So a witness statement stated that, that a man named Gabriel Wartman had visited an unnamed business and purchased material sheets of reflective and sapphire blue vinyl, which mm. he used to make RCMP car decals for his replica police vehicle. No. Oh, I know this uh, one. You know this one. I know this one. I know one. you know this, this one. This twat. Yes. Yeah. This dickhead. Massive twat. Uh, okay. So, fast forward. <laughs> To Saturday, the 18th of April, 2020. So, a couple of months back. It's 10.01pm. And the RCMP in Nova Scotia, so RCMP is um, Royal... Royal Mounted Police. Royal Canada Mounted Police, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. They call all cops over there Mounted Police. Even though they're not actually Mounted Police. Yeah, they're not like riding around on horses. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's strange. Um, so the RCMP in Nova Scotia say that they are responding to a firearms complaint in the small town of Porter Peak. They advise res- residents to avoid the area and lock their doors. 25 minutes later, 
Officers arriving at the scene find multiple casualties, both inside and outside of the home. However, the shooter has fled the scene. Keep in mind, this is during lockdown. Mm. This is during quarantine time, right in the middle of it. This is wild. So suddenly the small town is busy with armed officers patrolling the streets and by morning helicopters are Mm. in the air. I remember hearing witness sides to this being like there was already such a tense feeling because they were in COVID and there were already police kind of patrolling the area and then they saw like this right this this mass swarm of more cops helicopters and people didn't really know they still didn't know what the hell was going on another thing about this story was i thought you know when you hear mass shooting you think normally you think it's just a person that's gone into a group of people and they've just opened fire and then killed themselves. yeah i mean hmm yeah, I mean, a lot – I see, that's the thing. There's like a – I think there's like a 50-50 between premeditated mass shooting and then randoms that just like get up and pick up their guns and go and shoot. Well, this one is really different. Is, yeah. This one actually reminds me of the Port Arthur massacre right. in Tasmania yeah. here in Australia. Yeah. Um, I just didn't realise that there was just so much detail to this mm. story. It blew my mind. Mm. So – What exactly happened that night is confusing and it didn't actually end until the following day. So this is not just an attack that went for a few seconds or a couple of minutes. It's actually an extended number of hours. So so 51-year-old Gabriel Waterman and his partner of some years, uh, it looks to me they've been together for about nine years, but it doesn't, none of the sources really said. They were attending a party in Porter Peak which is odd because we're in lockdown. Mm. He and his girlfriend got into an argument at the party and ended up going home sometime before 10pm. At home, Wartman began to attack the woman and he actually ended up handcuffing her. Okay. However, Mm. she was able to escape and she got out of the house and ran to the nearby woods and hid. Oh, girl, that's scary. Crazy. So Wartman then... (sighs) set the house on fire, and then return to the party. So is this guy mentally ill? I'm going to presume so. <laughs> has, has anything come out about if he had uh, I have diagnosis? to admit to you, I wrote this like six weeks ago. Right. And this is the first okay. time I'm rereading it. Okay, so, so we, yeah, we don't know <laughs> if new stuff has kind of come about. Yeah. Right. Nothing that I've personally seen. Mm. Um. So then he goes back to this party after, after setting his own house on fire and then he starts to shoot people at the party. Right. And he actually kills seven people. Just at the party at this point? Yes. So just to be clear, they have two houses. Mm-hmm. Oh, this man has two houses. He has one house down south in kind of like the larger... Yep. area, the largest city of Nova Scotia. And this place, Porter Peak, it's kind of like a ocean, kind of a small town. Mm. I think it's kind of like Sorrento here. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, like somewhere where they'll have like a beach house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's where this is happening at their sort of their beach area house. Mm. So it seems like this incident happened fairly quickly because the first 911 call came at 10.01. So this is like it's all happened very very quickly. Yep. I'm so guessing it's still pretty early in the night. 
Yeah, I guess For them to go to a party, come back, him to assault the girlfriend, set the house on fire, then head back to the party at 10 o'clock. Usually people are rocking up at a party at around 10. It depends though. Like if it's like, say it was a warm summer evening, they might have started at like five. Yeah. Had a barbecue, had a few brews. I guess, yeah, totally. You know, and it just went into the night or whatever. Um, so I'm guessing this party was really close driving distance, um, because they went home close to 10. Mm. He's assaulted her, Mm. handcuffed her. She's got out of the house, run away. He set the house on fire, gone back to the party, killed seven people. And it's, this is literally like 20 minutes. So by the time police turned up 25 minutes later, 13 people were dead Across eight homes. What? On Orchard Beach Drive and Peak Beach Road. Now, I will explain this. I looked up on Google Maps and it looks like these two roads are like, it's like a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. And the left side goes down Orchard Beach Drive and the right side goes down Peak Beach Road. It would take, I did a lot of Google mapping. Yeah, it would take approximately 20 minutes to walk from one end of Peak Beach Road Turn the corner and walk down Orchard Beach Drive. Right. So he's almost done a loop of walking and shooting. Is that what you're saying? Well, not really a loop. It's like a horseshoe shape. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, So by this time, Gabriel Wartman had set fire to three homes in total. What? How does he have time? I just can't even. And was heading down to the dead end near the beach. Mm. Two men reported driving past a man driving a police vehicle yes. as they were going to help with the fires. And these are just civilian dudes. The man in the police vehicle raised his firearm and shot one of the men, injuring them. With his house on fire, police soon focus on Wartman as a suspect and they believe he has fled on foot. And just here's the little map here. It's not very clear, sorry. Okay. But that's showing the two roads. Right. Yeah, it is weird. So It's like a bullet-shaped neighbourhood. Yeah, it is kind of like a bullet shape, oddly yep. enough. Yeah, oh, God, I re- <clears throat> no pun intended. So, see this little bit here that's gone down into this sort of estuary beach area? Yep. That's where he is now. Little motherfucker. I know. So, Wartman drove through a field down at the end of the road at around 10.35pm and he drove 26 kilometres east through the field, mm. so he didn't take the roads, to a town called uh, De Bear, where he dumped some police equipment and weapon-related equipment in a ditch mm. on the property of an acquaintance of his. Do we know what he did for a job? Yes. He wasn't a cop? No. Right. Uh, he's... He's a denturist. Oh god, that's so, already a bad sign. He um he what, he makes dentures? Yes, and he oh. applies dentures to people's Yuck, that's why faces. he's a mass shooter. That is <laughs> that is why. And the press kept calling him a dentist, but as far as I know, he specialized in dentures. Yeah, didn't he and didn't his business have like a really cheesy slogan? Yeah. I, I like, got, put a smile I on a, your dial or something. 
yeah, his business is it, it, the sign. I'll show you what later. It's creepy. It's, very, it? it's creepy. It's, it's big, really like, creepy. Lips or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, in the Muppet Show. You know that girl that's like the seventies rocker girl with kind of like the long blonde hair. Mate, She's got I massive lips. absolutely am terrified of Muppets. I hate Muppets. I hate. Muppets. But you love clowns. I love. Give me a clown. <laughs> Whatever. But a Muppet. <laughs> Chris is shaping, shaking her head. <laughs> Muppets are the what? I I I got a a role in that Muppet musical and I declined heavily. I mean, like, you're going to pay me. Muppets not pay are one of my favorite thing. Are I you mean. serious? Well, well, I guess you like haunted dolls. So I like haunted dolls, but I mean, Jim Henson is one of my favorite, favorite things in what's, the whole world. What's a Jim Henson? Is that Almo's voice? No, no. A- Jim Henson was a really, really famous puppeteer, like in the seventies and eighties and he passed away and he did, Labyrinth and oh. the Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, no, that, that. So, you know, the Skeksis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch. Yeah. So, she's, so she's dribbling. Gemma's so dribbling right now. Yeah, I was super pissed off this week because um, I had, there was one day I was frustrated about something. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a glass of wine and watch the Dark Crystal. So, I went to put it on Netflix. Netflix has taken it off and replaced it with Labyrinth, which is okay. But, you know, Dark Crystal is my special place. <laughs> And I is that had, what you call your vagina? No! Uh, <laughs> the Dark Crystal. <laughs> and I had lent my DVD to my friend, so whatever. Girl, don't what worry. Ifs? Netflix has only put It Chapter 2 up and they've left It Chapter 1. So everyone keeps messaging me being like, I really need to watch It. So I'm going to go on Netflix. I'm like, well, don't bother because they've only got Chapter 2 up. It, it really? won't have the impact if you oh, watch Chapter 1 first. so annoying. God damn it, Australian Netflix. Ugh, this is so annoying. <laughs> anyway, so he's driven through this field. He's gone. He's dumped this police equipment and his weapon equipment in a ditch mm. at his friend's place. So it looks like he actually hung around in that area for a few hours because it 5.43 a.m., he drives north to a house belonging to a friend in Wentworth. Mm. So who knows what he was doing? Like, did he have a little snooze? He's probably hiding out. Hide out, whatever. Uh, who knows? So he drives to Wentworth, uh, which takes about half an hour. And I'm thinking he stopped for snacks or something or drove slow because he doesn't get there until 6.30 a.m. And... Throughout researching this, I am, like, following the map, like, Mm. checking how long it takes to get to the next place and everything. So, the time isn't adding up, so he's Time's not adding up. Like, you know, it should only take sort of half an hour or 25 minutes or something, and he's taken 45 minutes to get there. Okay. It's a bit weird. He kills his two friends... Right. ...in their house, and then a neighbour comes to see what's going on, and Wartman shoots the neighbour as well. And then he hangs out at the house for a couple of hours before setting it on fire. See, that's so risky to me. And gunshots. I mean, are they in a rural area? It's. I mean, yeah, it's quite rural. So you could get away with firing some shots and people would, wouldn't really. And also by this time, like, he's going to be all over the news and the radio. Mm. So it's very, very, I mean, is he having a complete mental break? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. And I I know that's something that really divides people. Like, it's no excuse or no one can break that hard. No, but there's been so many cases of people just having mental breakdowns and Mm -hmm. going fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. You know? There's a lot more to get to. I mean, fundamentally, by all accounts, this guy was a wanker. 
and had been for Complete. many, many years. Totally. So, anyway. And meanwhile, his girlfriend's still in the forest handcuffed. Uh, I think she got out of the handcuffs, or at least she's got out of one of them, but she's, like, run to the forest and she was hiding. Jesus. So, at 8.54am, Wartman is officially named as the suspect of an active shooting by police. They tracked down his girlfriend, who was hiding at the neighbour's house. Right. And she told them he's going to be impersonating a cop. Damn. Um, And he's got the uniform. But surely, like, surely she would have seen him deck out his car in the cop colours and have a uniform and all this shit. Like, she could have acted on this. He had a very extensive collection of cop memorabilia. Yeah, but the car. Dude, he had four cars. And one of them was decked out like a cop car. No, he had four cop cars. Like actual cop cars or he had decorated them as cop cars? But he would buy old cop cars oh. and keep them as collector's items. Right, okay. So that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's such a thing for him. Okay, fair enough. So he's got a uniform on and he's got the car. Damn. So at 9.23am, Wartman gets back in the car and drives south again. While he's driving, he shoots a woman who's just walking down the road. Mm. Could be you or me walking our dogs, riding your horse, going yeah. to the middle. Oh, this guy's an asshole. Going to the shop, whatever. Asshole. Just some lady. Ten minutes later, at 9.45, he turns up at another friend's house. Luckily, they must have been following the news because they would not let him in. Wow. Good one. They I mean, instead- I do that to most of my friends anyway. <laughs> and I don't watch the news. The amount of times you've rocked up at my house and I've been like... <laughs> She's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Esther's friend. She's, she's not she's here. She's really sick. <laughs> she's, uh, she's so sick. <laughs> Esther, I can see you in the window. Is that a fake beard? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my real one. Remember, I told you I'm self-conscious. I told you I'm Italian. <laughs> I'm Italian. <laughs> so they don't let him in and instead they call the police. Good one. Good. There are sightings of him around the eastern areas near Porter Peak in Glenholm and Onslow. And um, in these areas, there are camping areas. Mm. While the RCMP were sharing pictures of Wartman and his fake police car online, he pretended to do a traffic stop. Oh, this guy. I know. This freaking guy. On two separate cars and killed the people inside. No. I mean, he is literally evil. Um, Jesus. He was then caught on CCTV driving east towards Truro and then south through a place called Millbrook First Nation, which when I was looking it up on the map, it's a relatively busy resident. I mean, it's a small town, but it's busier than the other Mm. places where he's been driving through. Like there's shops, there's a main street, there's like streets and houses. And it also has a First Nations reservation as well. He stops here in a parking lot and puts on a high-vis jacket, then continues to drive south to a town called... I should have written this out so I could pronounce it. Shubinakadi. At around 10.45am, he pulls along uh, alongside another police vehicle and the officer driving was Constable Chad Morrison, who was waiting for another officer called Heidi Stevenson to arrive. So Wartman shoots Morrison in the car and then he keeps driving south. Uh, 
but Constable Morrison is able to drive to the hospital while radioing radioing in Wartman's location. Mm. So hero status. Meanwhile, Wartman collides with another car and it's actually the vehicle of Officer Heidi Stevenson who was going to meet Constable Morrison. Wow, that is a weird coincidence. coincidence. Well, this officer has obviously heard about his location and they ended up getting in a shooting fight between the two cars. Can you imagine just random seeing two cops shooting at each other and not knowing the backstory that one of them is a mass shooter? Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm going to presume he still has his whack. cop car at this point. It's That would be so weird. Mm. Unfortunately, Wartman shoots Heidi dead. God damn it. I know. He just gets worse and worse. And then he steals her gun. He must have... Oh, I was going to say, he must have a lot of ammo, but I guess if he's... He, I think he did have a lot. and he's going around shooting other people. Yeah. Probably but anyway, them. he stole the gun anyway. And guess what? He sets both cars on fire. Right. So now he's on foot. I'm now assuming. he's on foot. Now a guy pulls up to help with the situation and Wartman shoots and kills him too. So this guy, he shoots the guy that was pulling over to help and then he stole his SUV. Okay. Police are on to him at this point and at 11.06, they announce he's stolen a different car. So at this point he'd been going for, what, 13 hours? Yep. He drives to an, another acquaintance's house and kills her Jesus. before changing clothes and stealing her Mazda 3. Then he hits the road and continues south. Now, I'm presuming, following the map, he's going towards his other house in Halifax because mm. he's going fairly well south. I wonder if any of the cops worked that out and that they were like... Oh, I would maybe presume they that his girlfriend would have said, here's our other house... Head down um, there and head wait. Head down there. We've got businesses in this area. They probably had people stationed everywhere. Um, <clears throat> but he doesn't get very far because he needs to fill up the tank. As he gets to the nearby town of Enfield, which was only a 15-minute drive, at 11.26 he gets to a service station and there is a cop there also filling up gas <sighs> who sees him and shoots Wartman dead. Are you serious? Yes. Fuck yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, it would have been cool if he had wounded him. So For then, trial purposes. Yeah, just to like put this guy in jail and have but him But at the same right. time, like this guy is going at such a rate. Oh, yeah. Other well, people are totally, going to die. Totally. Everyone is a target. Wow. He was confirmed dead at 11.40 a.m. He had killed 22 people and injured several others, including two dogs. No. I know. Motherfucker. Bastard. Bastard. So who is this guy? (sighs) Who is this guy, Gemma? Who is this guy? Wartman. Yeah, Wartman. The worst superhero ever. Yeah, Wartman. (laughs) (laughs) He will infect everyone. Um, Wartman originally came from Riverview in New Brunswick. In the early 80s, he went to Riverview High School and later he went to the University of New Brunswick. In the Riverview yearbook in 1986, other students wrote that he was most likely to become an RCMP officer and also that he loved dirt bike riding, skiing and air guns. Air air guns? What, like... Air like, guitar, um, like pew pew. No, like no. I hand. think it's more kind of like a small rifle. Oh, I thought he was like making the the gun. You know how you can make your hand into a gun and pretend. No, to... I think most most boys like those. 
Mm. (laughs) Uh, He was also said to be obsessed with policing and the RCMP and he even purchased four old police vehicles. So he's a big douche. Yeah. Later, Wartman... Why wouldn't he just become a cop? Apparently, he had a real issue with authority, which is so weird because he's obsessed with the police... But he doesn't like police. So what's up with that? It's bizarre. I mean, imagine idolizing a a career that you can do, but then shooting your quote unquote heroes. Who knows? (laughs) Abusing your girlfriend, setting your own house on fire, killing your friends. It's just so, the whole thing is so bizarre. Well, yeah. We need we. This is why, like, it's so important to have a huge profile of this guy, yep. his childhood, exactly. His fucking, like, what the fuck is happening? Yes. Yep. So after later, uh, Wartman ran the Atlantic Denture Clinic in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and he also had a second clinic in Halifax, which is a neighboring city. Mm. He kept a couple of his old cop cars parked out the back of one of his clinics. You know, because he's got so many cop cars and I'm guessing he's got his own car as well. So we're going to keep all these flipping cars. In approximately 2002, Wartman uh, purchased a property at Porterpeak Beach, which which is an an hour and a half drive north from Halifax. Mm. A neighbour in Porterpeak called Nancy Hudson said she met Wartman when he bought the large property there on Porterpeak Beach Road. Right. And people knew him there as a part-time resident. It was from this property that the first 911 call came Mm. um, on April 18th. Nancy said he was very jovial, but there is another side to Gabe. He had some issues, especially with his girlfriend. Apparently, Wartman used to hang out with Nancy and her husband, John, and a few others, but they hadn't seen him in about a year. She said there was some underlying issues that I think he had with his relationship. It was a red flag. What happened on the weekend wasn't a, su- a surprise to some degree, but not to this extreme. So once in around 2004, Nancy was at a bonfire with some neighbours and Wartman was there with his girlfriend. She said that there was some kind of altercation at the gathering, which really shocked some of the people there, but she didn't specify on exactly what had happened. She didn't. She did say, however, he had an obsession with his girlfriend, just being jealous Ugh. about things with her. I think that's where things got in the way. She was a beautiful girl. However, there was another side to Wartman that people knew. In 2014, he was on a local TV station giving free dentures to a cancer survivor. She had lost all her teeth and couldn't afford the dental work. He said, my heart went out to her. There's so many ways for people to get dentures, but it seems like the people who really need them are people who are getting left behind. Mm. So that's pretty weird. A client who saw Wartman in September 2019 for a denture treatment said he seemed really well. She said, he was nuts, but I mean that in a good way. We were carrying on back and forth like we knew each other our whole lives, she said. So this article um, I read mentioned his female partner worked at the clinic, although it's not completely clear if it's his business partner or... Or the girlfriend. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that means like his girlfriend works mm-hmm. there or he has a business partner who's another woman. I'm not really sure. 
Anyway, the client said they seemed to get along fine, bantering with each other like you would with your good friends. They seemed like very nice people together, very happy people. Another neighbourhood, sorry, another neighbour had another story about Wattman. Apparently they had a disagreement about some property. This neighbour said that their argument culminated in Wartman burning an old shed that contained some property that belonged to this guy. Right. So he has a thing with fire. He definitely has a thing with fire. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, a former friend called Candy said that he was made fun of during university and that he needed a friend. Some of her friends didn't like him, but she persevered with the friendship because he seemed sad. She said, I always felt like he wasn't quite comfortable in his own skin, but I thought as he matured, he would grow into himself. Mm. Okay, so there's there's some personality traits that yes. could definitely be elaborated on. Like, yeah. why, why is he weird socially? Yeah. Why is he sad? He's obviously got some awkwardness about him. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. She said, uh, Gabriel always had a sadness about him, but I was so shocked to hear that he'd hurt other people. I don't know what his later adult life was like, but I can tell you that at university, people weren't nice to him. Well, there's no excuse. I mean... Yeah. He was a little bit different, like I'm a little bit different, but he was beautiful and he had a really deep heart, but he was the brunt of everybody's jokes. I don't know. I kind of disagree with Candy. I think she's... I think he's a dickhead. Anyway, yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but that's my professional opinion. <laughs> uh, so I've got this whole part now about a lady named Brenda Forbes. So former neighbour Brenda Forbes told journalist Carol Off that she would describe Wattman in one word. Psychopath. Is that one word? Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh she, I'm such an idiot. Of course, it's one word. Can well, we wipe it that part? Well, depends how you use it. it. Does the psychopath use the psychopath or yeah. the bike path? What what path does the crazy person go down? It depends on where you're coming from. Goes down the psychopath. <laughs> so Brenda claims she had seen his weapons collection, and since she had a military background, knew some items were illegal. Mate, report. Yeah. She also said she warned the police back in 2013 that he was a dangerous man, but the police have no record of that complaint, apparently. Okay. However, this much is true. Brenda moved because of Gabriel Wartman, and during his rampage, her old house was one of the ones burned to the ground. Right. She said, both me and my husband knew what he was like and I let other people in the community know the same thing and what he had been doing with his partner. A lot of them just said to me, oh, no, he's not like that. (sighs) It's just we've heard this so many times. You hear that so often. Yeah, he just wasn't like that. Brenda went on to say, Wattman treated his girlfriend like his possession. She said... He drank quite a bit, and when he drank, he got violent, and he had her totally under his control. Once, Brenda says the girlfriend ran over to her house saying Wattman had been beating her, and he had blocked her car in so she couldn't get away. Brenda told her to get help, but the girlfriend declined, saying Wattman would hurt her again if she did. She also told Miss Off, who was the, um, mm. the journalist, about an incident she'd heard about, 
but that can't be corroborated. She said at a social gathering, he got his girlfriend on the ground and was strangling her. At a social gathering? Yeah. Uh, This was witnessed by three men. When Brenda asked them to go to the police, one of them said, no way, he'll kill me. What? I'm going to Google what this guy looks like. She also said once when her husband was in Africa, Watman would come over to her house and stand and stare for up to half an hour day after day. When her husband returned, they put the house up for sale and took a loss on it. That's how much they wanted to get away from this guy. She said, the one thing that I have regret about was the people that bought the house. I should have let them know what he was like because they ended up getting killed. Damn. Um, Yuck. Yeah. He's, yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to talk a little bit about his previous convictions and any, and some other issues. Yep. Um, Watman pled guilty to assault in uh, 2002 and was sentenced to nine months of probation, during which he was prohibited from possessing weapons and ordered to undergo anger management counselling. He was also involved in two civil lawsuits regarding property disputes. In 2004, he offered to help a friend who had financial difficulties and was about to lose his house. And this is so dirty. Then he took ownership of the house, evicted the man, and sold the property. Damn. In 2015, Wartman's uncle lent him a house that he purchased in Porto Peak while selling his other property. Wartman refused to release the property back to him, mm. claiming he was owed money until the uncle eventually sold it. A buyer of this property was later killed by Wartman Whoa. during his rampage. So they're all he's he's mapped everyone out. Yeah. I think he's mapped a lot of them out and then some were just and randoms. Just randoms. Yeah. Although he was apparently fascinated by the police force and no one even described his house and one person even described his house as a shrine to the RCMP. His what? girlfriend told police officers that he actually disliked law enforcement and thought he was better than them. What a weirdo. It's just so weird. What a, that's, like, that's like a shrine of anger and hatred. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost kind of like a, a shrine Oops. to something that you're, you're going to bring down. It's crazy. Um, one person even said that Wartman liked to role play in police uniforms. Ooh. Another rumour was that he bragged about having lime and muriatic acid to dispose of bodies. Douchebag. Um, apparently COVID-19 had forced his businesses to close and it, it is suggested that he drank more as a result. But he should have drank some of the lime. Yeah. <laughs> After the rampage, there were complaints about the huge 3D smiling signs in oh. front of his denture clinic in Dartmouth. So police removed the signs. And that would have just hit the nail on the head. So and they're really obnoxious. They're like these weird three D like they big are foam teeth and Disgu- lips. and that's a beautiful building that they're on. Oh look, I think it, it it's a really nice. But Yuck. that's the thing about this town; it's a quiet place. I hate it. Mm. Okay, it's for so, the the yeah. audience, um, it's a beautiful like weatherboard house. With like blue stone mm. and it's painted grey and it's really lovely and classy. And then there are these huge, huge dentures like 
teeth the the stuck to the building. There's a smiley one with lips, and then there's just literally like a pair of old people's fake teeth. Yeah, it's just so wedged weird. into the building. Anyway, the aftermath to this story is as follows. In May 2020, Wartman's handwritten will from 2011 was recovered, naming his girlfriend as executor and heir to his $1.2 million worth of assets. She applied to renounce the will on the grounds that they had never been married. This application was accepted by the court on June 11. Relatives of the victims had filed a lawsuit against his estate for damages. At the beginning of June 2020, the RCMP revealed the initial findings of a psychological autopsy in Wartman, which determined he was an injustice collector or someone who held on to conflicts with others until he boiled over with rage or violence. After the rampage, Canadians lowered flags to half-mast and the House of Commons observed a minute's silence. The CN Tower in Toronto was illuminated in blue and white for the Nova Scotia flag colours and the RCMP colours red, blue and gold every quarter hour for Officer Stevenson. Niagara Falls was illuminated in blue and white as a sign of solidarity with Canada and an online visual was streamed because of COVID-19. It wasn't allowing people to gather in public. Experts in domestic violence want to pass a law in Canada Canada, similar to the one in the UK, that targets abusers of coercive control, where a person gains and maintains control over another person so they can carry out psychological, physical, financial and sexual abuse. Far out. That's a heavy one. It's a big one. And as I said, it was it was just so much more complicated totally. than I expected it to be. Damn. That's heavy. What a dickhead. I mean, it would be certainly interesting if we still had him alive, so that he could. Well, that's be a, that's examined. a sad thing. Like, but at the same time, it would have had to go to trial, and all those people would have had to go through trauma all over again. Yes, but I mean, there are so many ways you could go. Uh, this is the whole. It's the same with the death penalty. Mm. Like, you can study people like this and learn from them, and learn from signs and stuff because mm. this guy had was giving off a lot of signals so many yeah and people just put it off as oh he's just a bit of a weird guy like it's happened so often and i think there's there are, something you know, about like oh he's just a dentist <laughs> no I, I know that sounds stupid but it's kind of like look if you knew a dentist who was obsessed furiously obsessive with the police force i think that's a that's a massive bloody warning sign. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's, it's like weird. It's like having a cop who just fucking hates dentists but has a shrine of dentists in his house. You would be like, that's a bit weird, man. It is, yeah. Dentist shrine would be really odd. But it, it, it does kind of – you have to think, like, why way back a year ago was he getting decals – for one of his cop cars, like you kind of have to wonder. That's it. If he was planning, planning this it, a year I reckon ago. Pre- that's what I'm saying. I think it was premeditated ages back. Yeah, and maybe he just said, you He's know, had what? it in tonight's, his brain. Tonight's the night. Maybe, got everything ready. Maybe he didn't just snap. Maybe I don't think he snapped. 
it was just tonight. I mean, he could have. As far as he went to the party, his girlfriend may have been pissing him off and he stormed home, put her in handcuffs and attempted killing her in a fire. Because you never know. He could have just planned to have killed her in a fire and claim insurance and be like, it was a house fire, she burned in a fire. But then she escaped and that could have just fucked him up. That could have just been like, shit, she's out. May as well, you know. Kill everyone in mm. Nova Scotia. We don't know. We He could have easily have just burnt her alive. Yeah. And been like, I've had a horrible accident. I'd be really interested if there if any books come out about this mm. um, to read those. Uh, it's really early days still. It's only a few months old. But yeah. I'd be really interested to, to read a, a deeper dive into this. Oh, for sure. Mm. I want to know his, his history. Yeah. I want yep. to know what made him weird at high school, at college. Because, you know, there are, you and I, I'd say, are weird. But I think everyone went to a school or went to a college or whatever and there was always that kid that was the bad type of weird. That everyone's yep. like, one day you're going to end up killing your parents and riding your bike to Adelaide. Like, yeah, we had a kid in our school that we kind of thought, well, if, if there was ever going to be a shooting, it would be this Yeah, kid. you have that, per- you know, yeah. I had one too that... I, and which I'm is still looking at the news waiting for someone to come up with his name. Yeah. My mum literally went to a school where there was um, on uh, Wood, Woodley back in, I don't know, the 80s. Mm. And there was a kid that was always the weird kid at school. And then he went home one day, shot his whole family <gasps> and rode his bike to Sydney. What? Yeah. He just got on, killed everyone and rode his bike to Sydney. Holy cow. And people were like, oh, if, he, if anyone was going to do it, it would be him. Like, there's all – and I just think it's – take care of those people. Like, yep. be more mindful, you know, keep an eye on them more. Yep. 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 You don't need – Jesus. Yeah. People are unstable. Anyway. Okay. On a happier note, um, I'm going to tell a really depressing story. <laughs> Welcome to season three. Season three, season three. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm excited. This story, I'm so fascinated with this. Like, okay, guys, I'm going to, I'm doing the Chernobyl (gasps) power plant explosion. Freaking yes. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. Oh my god. I'm obsessed with Chernobyl. Did you watch a series? I watched it twice. And Holy I'm a, I'm, shit. Do you listen to the soundtrack? Yes, and I, there's a podcast about Chernobyl, the Chernobyl TV show. And do you know, interestingly, so last night I I'm sorry to go on a tangent. It's okay. Last night I watched Joker for the first oh, time. Oh girl. Oh my god. Um hello. And I know. Right? I know. I've been telling you. And there were so many scenes I was like it just reminds me so much of Esther. Really? Like, what? Like what? Just like He's when, a- just his he, when he finally kind of becomes Joker. Oh, I see a lot of that sick. imagery that in is your a, influence. That's a compliment and a half. Well, you are you are Penny wife. I am Penny. Wa- yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> Gemma messaged me. Um, I sent her 
something to do with Pennywise. Well, you were, I dressed you up as dressed Pennywise up as last like night. Girl, you were like Pennywise's girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you all now because by now it'll be advertised, but it isn't officially as we record. But Gay Life Drawing, the Abbotsford Gay Life Drawing, um, my beautiful friend who produces that has asked me to do a solo Pennywise Oh my god! Posing, nice. Not, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's my dream. That's literally my dream. Uh, <laughs> so yesterday, I dressed up as Penny for the first time, trying to replicate the makeup as much as I can, and it was fucking fun, man. Was, but I don't have a great. Pennywise wig, so I had to find I this like beautiful the one orange that wig. You had. I like that long. Yeah, sort it's of like look, a Pennywise like undone kind of like sexy Pennywise, Pennywise. Even though he's already sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the joke, the Joker's hot too. I'm s- I, as soon as he's in Joker face, I'm like, oh my god, you can dance on my face anytime you want, Joker. <laughs> I kind of wanted, I kind of want to go through that movie like on. I, think I well, I've been wanted, wanting to do a review of it. Uh, it's so heavy though. It is girl. I've watched it probably ten movie. times. I don't I'm, even know if I want to watch it again. It is so. <laughs> it's. I hate superhero movies right yeah yeah i hate marvel um dc all that shit even harley yes oh yep sacrilege i love harley i i think she's have you seen birds of prey no it's so fun i just think the character of harley is such a puts such a bad rep on women no 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 no. okay so that's harley in suicide squad and traditionally harley harley in Birds of Prey completely fixes all Good. That. I think um, Margot Robbie wanted to do that. I think, yeah, because she was kind of like, you know what? We've done Harley your way. Now we're going to do Fuck Harley yeah. my way. That's great. And that's why I love Birds of Prey. Good. I Yeah, I'm yet to see it. but Oh, the, it's so fun. With the Joker, it's, it's such a look on mental illness. It is. And there's hardly anything about the comics. I mean, Batman's there, obviously. Um, yeah, there's references the to... The Wayne family. And Gotham. And Gotham and Arkham and, yeah. you know, but apart from that, the whole thing is a case study on mental illness. And, 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 and the mental Ill, illness industry... Well, not industry, <laughs> but... The, the way that mental illness is funded or in totally. many cases not funded. Totally. And what happens... With medic, with loss of medication privileges. Yeah, it's guys. If you haven't seen Joker, please watch it because we will be doing a co- um a review on it. I really yeah, want to do it. Definitely. There's and I've done so much research on the movie itself. Like there are so many crazy scenes. Um, the like the scene when he hops into a fr- into the fridge, completely improv. Yes. The bathroom dancing scene, improv. There's all these like crazy things that Joaquin Phoenix just did because he was. It, the the opening scene where he's got his fingers in his mouth and he has that one tear yeah improv yeah like yeah fucking crazy man the whole soundtrack was done by a woman too so that's why I wanted to bring that up because it's the same woman that composed Did Chernobyl. Chernobyl really yes damn it's and beautiful. she was nominated for an Oscar for Joker right yeah she was did she win I can't remember I don't know if she won but. And you can definitely see that really unhinged industrial influence. Yes. I, I don't know what she looks like, but I, I would she, – she's, the way that she sounds is like she's like a goth <laughs> from like who – I used to have this goth friend years ago who would just listen to um, 
Sound movie soundtracks? No, 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 no. It was it was called it was like industrial noise music. What? And it's just really disjointed Damn. sounds that sound like metal being bashed together. Whoa, or, man. And it's got like no it's got no rhythm and it. it doesn't have a melody. It's just really easy sounds. Uh, that's easy, crazy. Eerie soundscapes. Well, yeah, that, that's amazing. And that's what I get from um, oh, Chernobyl. Like Hilder. I can't remember. Yeah, her she, name. she's European, and I just find her incredible. The Joker soundtrack just, was one of the most heartbreaking soundtracks. She's amazing. I've listened to absolutely amazing. Yeah. the whole yeah. Get onto it. Sorry, I, I knew that was going to go on this whole tangent, but we can <laughs> we can easily talk about Joker for like oh, two my hours, God, it's, and we will do that. I would get Joker tattooed on me next to Pennywise. I'll pass. I have a thing with clowns. <clears throat> okay, so my sources are HBO Chernobyl series, Wikipedia, History Stories, World Nuclear Association, and YouTube. Mm. But guys, this was hard to research because the Soviet Union didn't give all of the information. So a lot of the documentation and and research made of the Chernobyl explosion isn't we don't know if it's legit mm-hmm. because so the Soviet Union just kind of for one thing they were hiding it so much from the rest of the world particularly America that a lot of the death rates weren't tallied. Mm-hmm. It was it was swept under the carpet. And even if they were tallied they just made them so much more lower yes. than what they were. The whole thing was very much like, oh, no, it's it just very, a little slip she'll up. she'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Um, if you have access, watch HBO Chernobyl series. So amazing. It's, it's selling at um, JB Hi-Fi at the moment. I'm not doing a plug for JB because I used to work for them and I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> <clears throat> or, you know, JB, sponsor us. You're great. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's do this. Yeah, movies. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, 26th of April, 1986, in a small town called Chernobyl, located close to the city of Pripyat, located to the north of the Ukrainian Soviet so- Socialist Republic, the number four reactor at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded, causing what is considered to be the worst nuclear disaster in history. In fact, Chernobyl hit the scale of seven which is the maximum severity of the international nuclear event scale alongside the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear incident in Japan. I literally have chills. Yeah. That is so scary. It's fucking scary. This shit is scarier than any horror movie, any villain. This this is end of the world stuff. Yeah. Like they the, these power plants have the power to completely destroy the planet Mm -hmm. so unlike fukushima chernobyl wasn't caused by a natural disaster like an earthquake or tsunami it was caused from human error and ironically chernobyl was caused from a safety test Mm. these tests were taken on rbmk type nuclear reactors which were used throughout the soviet union we learn later that the material materials used to make these reactors were very cheap The test was a simulation of what could happen in an electrical power outage, aiding the development and practice of safety procedures in handling reactor cooling until the backup electrical generators could kick in and provide power. So I had to do actually a lot of research on how these nuclear uh, reactors work, and it's It's super confusing. confusing. It's it's really difficult to understand. Yeah, like I had to watch actual like 
little videos and shit on. Well, look, I like they to explain put it, it into in ways docu- that I can understand. Yeah, like. I have to. I've had to change a lot of words in this, so we to dumb it down. Not for you guys, but for me. Um, I completely understand. Uh, please dumb it down for me. Oh, I have. I have, honey. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. Stress. I've had to like replace whole words with like. Unit (laughs) (laughs) Chemical (laughs) But like you know Come on Soviet Union Like seriously like You're building a nuclear power plant Don't cheap out Yeah well that's exactly what they did They used the cheapest shit I would not use cheap hairspray on a bride For her the biggest day of her life Yeah, Like seriously If you use cheap material It will fail you Oh, completely. This is the worst situation that everyone hopes not to happen, but it happened. So the gap between the outage, the water cooling of the reactor and the kicking in of the backup generators would take about one minute usually, but had been marked as a potential safety issue that could cause the core of the nuclear reactor to overheat. So the staff conducting the safety test were wanting to prove that the residual energy in a turbine generator could provide enough leftover power to fill the one-minute gap. So does that make sense? Yes. Yep. So there's like such a small space of time for these people to be like, it should be fine. You know what I mean? Just such a tiny margin of error. Yes. For such a huge thing. Like, don't (sighs) – do not leave room for error. I know. Yeah. I mean, you know the, the outcome of what's going to happen, but you're still every time it's I still very stressful. read about it or I watch the show. Watch I'm, the I'm show, guys. Like, just don't just don't do it. Just don't do the test. Like it's not the time. Just crazy. No. <sighs> Additionally, three tests like these had been made since 1982, but no solution was found during the tests. Mm-hmm. This was the fourth test, and it just so happened to be delayed ten hours, meaning the next shift of night staff were not only up unprepared but inexperienced inexperienced and had to make the test so these guys had no training i'm pretty sure the youngest had been working there for six months yeah and he was about 18 y- yeah i remember that from the show it was yeah. like how old are you i'm like 22 and how long have you worked here like four months or yeah something yeah ridiculous. yeah something like that um you <clears> know <throat> and and you've you've got the fate of your whole country yeah in this guy's hands yeah So this is how the Friday night and the early hours of Saturday went down. So April 25th, 1986 at 1am, Chernobyl's operators began reducing power at reactor number four in preparation for a safety test, which they they had timed to coincide with a routine shutdown for maintenance. 2pm, reactor number four's emergency core cooling system is disabled to keep it from interfering with the test. Though this doesn't cause the accident, it worsens the impact. At around the same time, the test and shutdown are temporarily delayed to accommodate the region's power needs. 11.10pm. Operators receive permission to continue with the test and shutdown. By now, the less experienced night staff are on the job, which which... Purportedly? Yes, which purportedly never received proper instructions on how to perform the test. Idiots! They were, they were also receiving extreme pressure from their boss, Deputy Chief Engineer Anatol Dyatlov. Who? Who's an absolute piece of shit. As, yeah, if you've watched the show, you know he's... He's he, a bully. He, he's a hateful bastard. He's an absolute bully. He, yeah, he's 
think of your worst boss times it by a thousand. And he doesn't plus with want no to, like union rep, so he can no call you a piece rep, of yeah. shit. And <laughs> and he doesn't want to hear what anyone has to say. He thinks he's always right. Yeah, he goes on like smoking breaks and he s- sits in the bathroom. Like he he's he throws shit at them. Like yeah, oh, complete he's, pressure, he's, calling he's, them bitches and pussies. And he's a yeah. garbage person. <clears throat> he's a piece of shit. Okay, so April twenty six. This is at twelve twenty eight a.m. The power plummets to far below the level at which the reactor is considered stable. Operators respond by removing most of the control rods in violation of the plant safety guidelines, yet they still have trouble raising the power, in part due to xenon buildup in the core. 1 a.m. The power stabilizes, at a, although at a lower than preferred level, and Dyatlov orders the test to proceed, despite protests from the other staff. The automatic emergency shutdown system and the other safety features are subsequently turned off. 1.23am. The test officially begins and an unexpected power surge occurs. 1.23, 40 seconds later. Mm, it's one two three four. An operator processes the emergency shutdown button, but the control rods jam as they enter the core. This is another, like, 10 seconds. So scary. The first explosion, to be quickly followed by at least one more, blows the 1,000-ton roof right off the reactor and shoots a fireball high into the night sky. How many tons? 1,000. Oh, my God. A blackout royals... A blackout rolls the plant as the air fills with dust and graphite chunks and radiation begins spewing out. Walls and equipment collapse and dozens of fires start up, including one of the top of the neighbouring reactor. Despite all evidence to the contrary, Dyatlov insists that reactor number four is still intact. Idiot. 1.28am. The first firefighters arrive at the scene. They have no knowledge of the radiation and wear no protective clothing. 2.15 a.m. The local Soviet officials convene an emergency meeting at which they decide to block cars from exiting or entering Pripyat, a nearby city that was built to house Chernobyl's workers. Police officers assisting with the roadblock likewise have no knowledge of the radiation and wear no protective clothing. 5 a.m. It's a death sentence, isn't it? It literally is a death sentence and it comes fast. Mm. Like they start having health issues immediately. Official shut down reactor number three to be followed the next morning by reactor number one and two. 6.53 a.m. I mean 6.35 a.m. That's that's my um my dyslexia. Your dyslexia coming in. <laughs> <laughs> By now, all fires have been extinguished except for a blaze in which the reactor core, except for a blaze in the reactor core, which will burn for days. Mm -hmm. So this is the next day at 10 a.m. Helicopters begin dumping sand, clay, boron, lead and dolomite into the burning core in an attempt to slow radioactive emissions. 2 p.m. And on the show, they on the the yeah. five part series, they showed the born. Yeah, how that the was. helicopter. So in the show, there's a scene where the, the one of the scientists, um, he's he's talking by um, walkie talkie to the the pilot of the helicopter, saying, "Whatever you do, do not go anywhere near the main." 
uh, stream of pollution, the, you know, the the, radiation. the smoke because it's all full of radiation. Directly over the fire will be the worst place yes. to go. Yeah, and in the show, the helicopter flies over it because it's also getting other orders from officials saying just fly over it, it's smoke, and the helicopter explodes and falls in. That doesn't actually happen in history. Really? No, but saying that they were correct about it's basically a death sentence, these people flying a helicopter anywhere near the plumes of smoke, just because the level of radiation was so high, anyone within 25Ks were fucked. So the radiation wasn't necessarily just breaking down metals of vehicles? No, it wasn't. In the, there were, so was that just for that was dramatic a, effect? That was dramatic effect. Okay. Yeah, the helicopter didn't actually fall into the into the burning pit. That okay. didn't happen. I guess they would have had to really dispose of all of those vehicles, like those helicopters. Yes. Like they would have had to. Uh, they they bury were all dumped. Them. them. Yeah. They that, that we find out later that everything had to be buried within like layers of cement. Mm. Everything, even Jeez. a forest. Forest had to be bulldozed down oh and covered God. in cement. That's terrible. It's wild. Um, 2 p.m. After telling residents nothing about the disaster for some 36 hours, Soviet officials finally begin evacuating roughly 15... One, sorry, 1,000... Can you read that number for me? 115,000. Thank you. 115,000 people from Pripyat, as well as nearby towns and villages. Residents are informed it will be temporary and they sh- that they should only pack vital documents and belongings, plus some food. Soon after, however, an ex- exclusion zone is set up around Chernobyl that prevents their return. So they did the same thing in Fukushima. Really? Yeah, they're like, guys, it's only temporary. Hmm. And that's why if you go to these radioactive zones, which now they do tours. Even in Fukushima? Yeah. Because what was that, nine years ago? Uh, 2000, yeah. 11. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, you can do tours, but you can only stay a real short time. Yeah. But everything is still in place. Like, there's still meals on tables. Oh, my God. There's, uh, there's one guy that actually lives in Fukushima who went back um, just to feed all the animals. And he lives there now and he feeds, like, all the pets, all the cats, all the dogs. There's cows. And he's already been, like... He's riddled with cancer, but he's like, <gasps> you can't just leave these animals there to die. Aww. Legend. Legend. <sighs> April 28th. So the Swedish air monitors detect a large amount of radiation in the atmosphere, which is traced back to the USSR. Soviet officials admit that there is an accident, but they falsely state the situation is under control. So for those of you that have seen um, the hbo series mm-hmm. the swedish air monitors they're they're heaps of swedes they represent that one woman yes yeah she just plays so, one character that represents a whole room of scientists and people that are you know yeah yeah so she was she yeah there was a whole bunch of consultants weren't there yes yeah, that was an interesting way of doing it but i guess because there was already so many characters there's in so it much anyway yeah there's so much to you know, plug, basically. Mm. April 29th. A spy satellite photos provide the US officials with the first glimpse of the devastation wrought by the Chernobyl disaster. May 1st. 
Soviet officials refused to cancel the May Day festivities in Kiev, even as radiation continues to be released unabated. That's crazy. Yeah, four, day, four days later. Liquid nitrogen is pumped underneath the dead reactor in order to cool it. So it's still going. Mm-hmm. And how many, what was the date that <clears throat> it started? The 26th of April. That's when it blew up. Yeah. Now it's the 4th of May. Okay. Other aspects of the cleanup, which involves up to 800,000 workers, included bulldozing contaminated villages, shooting contaminated pets and livestock, and burying huge amounts of contaminated topsoil. May 6, radioactive emissions drop sharply, possibly because the fire in the core has burned itself out. Meanwhile, Soviet officials finally close schools in Kiev and advise residents to stay inside and to not eat leafy vegetables. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my God. The 8th of May. Workers finished draining about 20,000 tonnes of radioactive water from the basement under the core. May 9th. Workers begin pouring concrete under the reactor, which is later encased in an enormous concrete and metal structure known as the sarcophagus. May 14th. Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev... Gorbachev. Oh my God, there you go. Fuck yeah. ...speaks publicly about the incident for the first time, saying on state TV that, quote, the worst is behind us. August 25th to 29th. The International Atomic Energy Agency hosts a conference at which scientists blame the accident not just on human error and a subpar safety culture, but also on Soviet reactor design flaws. Okay, and so, Dyatlov. And Dyatlov, of course. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to talk about the after effects, after effects of the radioactive explosion. <gasps> the, the pretty fucking heavy, so strap mm. yourselves in. So 203 people were hospitalised immediately of whom 31 died, 28 of them died from acute radiation exposure. So um, if we look at the radi- what happens during radiation exposure is you start to blister, um, big boils form on your skin, or your, your skin is basically burning off and then that leads to cancers and it leads to your internal organs just like basically turning to mush. I mean, could... Are you, you vomit, even, are you, you even alive long enough for cancers to form? Well, that's it. I mean... Yeah, true, true, true. If you're like those firefighters or the guys that were right there put doing the test... Yeah. Um, they were, that's complete radioactive poisoning that you see in the show. Like, there's a scene... Probably the scene that stood out to me the most, which actually, like, made me feel kind of sick, was there's a scene in the HBO series where one of the firefighters picks up a piece of the um oh yeah wait, i've got to find what it's called um the rock the graphite the graphite rock so that yeah he's wearing gloves he picks up a piece of the graphite and he's looking at it and he's like this is a weird looking thing yeah and he's like because we later find out that the graphite came directly from the reactor so they're like oh why is this all the way on the outside like the explosion was so heavy that it threw this graphite down to the street, basically. Yeah, yeah. And within, like, two minutes, his hand starts burning through the glove. And then within, like, ten minutes, he's taking the glove off and his hand is, like, basically melting. Yeah, like, completely blistered. Yeah, and it's, like, red it's so and strong. bleeding. It's just breaking down his cells just so fast. Yeah, completely. 
Okay, so most of these were fire and rescue workers trying to bring the disaster under control who were not fully aware of how dangerous the radiation exposure was and plus from the smoke. Mm. Just after the explosion, members of the public stood on a nearby railway bridge to which to watch the large fire, which is also in a scene in the show. Yeah, which was such a weird scene. Mm, it was like they had their little kids... And they were because no it one like really fireworks. like fireworks. No one really knew what it was. And the thing about this explosion of the power plant was, it made a weird color in the sky. Like it was described as this weird orange smoke, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Plus, it was late in the it was in the morning, early hours, so people kind of saw this thing in the distance. And now nowadays, it might be different, but for. The 80s in the Soviet Union, who don't, you know, it's like North Korea, they don't have that much access to information. Mm -hmm. You would go out and have a look. Yeah, true. You would be like, oh, wow. And like they had like their kids, you know, they had like little kids sitting on the the side, the railing going, wow, daddy, like what's that? that. And they were also, they were like playing with the ash. The ash was falling like oh rain and gosh. they were playing like it was snow and it was just all radioactive. It's like this, this whole bridge, people were standing on this bridge. Um, Unbelievable. And it was later reported that everyone on that bridge the night of the radiation, uh, not, the night of the explosion had died of radiation poisoning and now that bridge is called the Bridge of Death. They just so it's didn't still there. Know. They just didn't know any better. No one, yeah, no one did except for the scientists and the actual you know, officials. Mm-hmm. So acute radiation syndrome can be seen within an hour, which directly did to those at the site of the explosion, where vomiting, burns on skin, weakness, extreme pain, and even the melting of skin takes place. Ulceration appears, and in the case of direct exposure during the disaster, inter- internal organs collapse mm. and kill. It's like Ebola. Yeah, totally. That's what it, I, it reminded me of too. Mm. The explosion at the power plant... Um, and subsequent fires inside the remains of the reactor resulted in the development and dispersal of a radioactive cloud which drifted not only over Russia, but um, Belarus, 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 the Ukraine, um, and also most of Europe and as far as Canada. In (laughs) fact, the initial evidence of the countries that a major release of radioactive material had occurred came not from Soviet sources but from Sweden, where on the 28th of April, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. workers at the For- Forsmark nuclear power plant, approximately 11,000... Oh, fuck. God, my dyslexia. 1,100 Ks from the Chernobyl site were found to have radioactive particles in their clothing. So that's that far... And they could recognise what they were because... I think, I'm pretty sure they saw the colour in the sky. They weren't cheap bastards. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Swedes Union. are better at, than with everything than any, everyone. Yeah. You know. The total global collective dose from Chernobyl was earlier estimated by UNSCEAR, which was the United Nations Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation in 1988 to be... 600,000 units equivalent to an average of 21 additional days of world exposure to natural background radiation. So this this whole thing is very confusing. Mm. Just kind of let it sink in, girl. Let it sink in. The levels of radiation across Europe 
were fucked. Yeah. 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 That's basically, I've just translated it. Yeah. They're the cliff notes. Yeah. So thyroid doses for adults around the Chernobyl area were estimated to be between 20 and 1,000 units, while for one-year-old infants, these estimates were higher. Hmm. So there were a lot of thyroid cancer and shit during huh. okay. this initial blast. Uh, yeah, so the rise in thyroid cancer in children spiked in Belarus, Russia and the Ukraine since the explosion, finding 1,800 documented cases of thyroid cancer found in children between the ages of 0 and 14 during the time of the disaster. In 1995, the World Health Organization linked up to 700 cases of thyroid cancer in children dr- directly to Chernobyl. Many people became sterile, as well as a rise in miscarriages, fetal abnormalities, and Mm -hmm. deformities. There was also a rise of Down syndrome babies being born post-Chernobyl. Really? Yep. Interesting. Surrounding forests were killed by the wave and cloud of radiation, turning brown and dying, which infamously gave the name Red Forest, due to the large area of dead trees. These trees were later bulldozed and buried. So you could see photos of this forest and it's amongst like a sea of beautiful green trees. It's just like a sea of autumn. Like it's red, but it's a weird red. It's like bright orange. Weird. It's like fire. It's crazy. Okay. Um, Livestock, wild animals and pets were shot, which is really fucking sad. That's one of the saddest things. I couldn't actually watch that scene. Because... Yeah, that was really, really hard. um, Because you know it has to be done, though. Yeah, well, it has to be done. And I don't know, it's sad because the the pet's owners had been evacuated, so these dogs and stuff were coming up to them hungry and greeting them and, you know, wagging their tails and they had puppies and these people just had to go around and shoot them all. Mm -hmm. Because if if these animals breed... This radiation is just going to be bred and bred and bred Mm. down the line. Which Which does happen. We find out. Which, yeah. Yeah, it does happen. Throughout Europe, the levels of radioactivity were so high, even fish in deep freshwater lakes in Finland and Sweden were affected. Hmm. Many animals and plants were found to be highly deformed, with even rumours of giant mutant wolves. Most insects in the area around Chernobyl died out, further affecting the ecosystem. Radioactive chemicals migrate through the soil, further destroying vegetation organisms spreading more nuclear radiation into plants animals and water in pools of water large amounts of nuclear waste were found at the bottom these pots of nuclear waste can take up to 1000 years to fade so like in the hbo series we see that the main scientist who i can't remember his name because they're all russian names Mm. he said you know the the soviet the, I, I i just call him the dude from Mad Men, but he's, yeah there you he's, go he's rat he's, he's, awesome. he's the best he's character apart from um stalin's Skarsgård. oh he's great yeah boris yeah he really gets through to his soft spot i doesn't know he? sweetheart um <laughs> you know me with Skarsgård family uh so i'm gonna presume he's the dad yeah right okay yeah yeah he's the dad um <laughs> there's so many Skarsgårds. i know they're all amazing <laughs> um Oh, what was I even – what point was I – oh, yeah, the scientist was like – because the members of the Soviet Union were like, oh, you know, this will blow over. And he's like, no, this can take 800 years to fix. Yeah. Like, this is a th- almost like, a thousand-year yeah, mistake. Yeah, like, this is to, not going to get fixed in our yeah, lifetime. Like, 800 years. This is a years. situation. Yeah, 
wild. I, 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 I'm still kind of getting over like the fish in deep, deep lakes in Finland and, and mm. giant wolves. Yeah, well, I'm about to get to the animal part. There are some, there is, out of this whole thing, there is a, there is a, a silver lining. Good. And I'm about to get it. Okay, cool. Studies suggest that thir- that the 30-kilometre exclusion zone surrounding the Chernobyl disaster has become a wildlife sanctuary, and this is now. Hmm. Animals have reclaimed the land, including species such as the Przewalski's ho- Przez- Przewalski horse, which oh. is super rare, um, the Eurasian lynx, wild boar, grey wolf, elk, red deer, moose, brown bear, turtles, Voles, mice, shrews, European badger, Eurasian beaver, raccoon dog, red fox, roe deer, European bison, black stork, golden eagle, white-tailed eagle, and eagle owl, whose populations are now all thriving. That's amazing. Yep. When the disaster first occurred, the health and reproductive ability of many animals and plants were negatively affected for the first six months. However, 30 years later... Animals and plants have reclaimed the abandoned zone to make it their habitat. Even the site of the explosion was flourishing with wildlife in 2012 as birds nestled in wrecked nuclear plants and plants and mushrooms lived in and on the site. A 2015 study found similar numbers of mammals in the zone compared to nearby similar nature reserves and the wildlife population was probably higher than it had been before the accident. So... Had they evolved to uh, well, like mutant. become immune to the radiation? Um, I think that's, I think that's suggested. But there are some species. I know there's species of plants that do not get affected at all by radioactive chemicals. I I think I'm, I'm I'm sure, you know, maybe the animals are immune, but I don't think so. But see, it's. That's I'd have to do a bit of a side stories into that because that's a bit of a down yeah. another rabbit hole. And do you know what the other good thing about this is? People are not going to hunt those animals for food. Well, that's it. And you're not allowed in. There's tours going into Chernobyl, but you can't just walk into Chernobyl with weapons and shit and go hunting. Mm. Plus, um, well, that's the thing. There's no people there, and that. Despite there being such a huge amount of these beautiful animals now, but there are still like rumored sightings of giant mutant type animals and stuff. There's a lot of deformed animals which you can Google. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Mm. I wouldn't recommend it, but um, yeah, I just thought the animal part was really awesome. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So for their roles in the Chernobyl disaster, Anatol Dyatlov and his associate, associates were sentenced to 10 years hard labour. 400 miners worked around the clock for an entire month to prevent further nuclear meltdown. Who were awesome. Yeah, they're in incredible. The it is estimated that at least 100 died before the age of 40. Mm. Over 600,000 people were made to work and clean in the exclusion zone. Despite huge accounts of illnesses and death due to the exposure of radiation, the Soviet government kept no official documentations of these people's fates. In 2017, work was completed on the new safe confinement at Chernobyl, costing nearly $2 billion, which is designed to last 100 years. 
It is believed that the true cause of the collapse of the Soviet Union was the nuclear meltdown at Chernobyl. And that's my story, guys. Okay, so the collapse of the Soviet Union, is that because people lost faith in their government? Yep. And and the public saw firsthand at, you know, the Soviet Union was meant to be such this, such a successful, prosperous... Strong state. ...structure and... You know, scientists were coming over from all over Europe being like, the reason this happened is because you use the cheapest materials. Like, yeah. You know? And I, I guess the citizens That's were like, at the end of like, the day, we're uh, in trouble. What's the government doing about it? They're yeah, pushing it under the, the rug. People dying, babies dying, miscarriages. People getting displaced from cancer, their homes. Cancer, yeah. Completely losing their houses. Um, yeah, they, uh, and plus, I think the faith in a lot of the actual Soviet leaders mm. were kind of, they actually went, holy shit, this is bigger than us. Yeah. Like, I think that's definitely something that happened, but they just had this this traditional sense of pride that yeah. got in the way of doing the right thing. Oh, it's brainwashing, mm. you know? Scary as hell. This whole thing is terrifying. This shit scares me. It's the same with tsunamis. Yeah. Natural... Even though this isn't technically a natural disaster, but these things on mass scales, like atomic bombs, North Korea and America and China talking about atomic weapons, mm-hmm. that's fucking scary. Yeah, it is. It is. It is terrifying. This shit is scary, scarier than anything. So, um, guys, I totally recommend this show. It is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And I do know that there are some parts of the 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 series that are not based in true history yeah uh but you definitely get you know most yep. of the story oh yeah and it's it's very close to fact there were just gaps that were missing that no one really knew about so they had to fill it in you know mm. what i mean mm-hmm. um but it's very close to what actually happened and it's very well done lots of big actors and big actors like- and they all signed up they all wanted to do it like they all like actively seeked out to play the roles wow yeah because it's such a huge thing and i had no idea what chernobyl was until i oh really i i knew it was like a nuclear reactor exploding but i Mm. had no concept of how crazy it was Mm. yeah yeah wild it's It's definitely it's definitely one of those stories that is is just going to go down in history it will always interest people um and hopefully we can use it as uh, a learning experience totally i'd love to go on um like a a dark tourist thing to chernobyl a lot of people go a lot of people do and i think they take them to pripyat which is the village and and they go they go through the power plant Really? Yeah, man. Holy but cow. It's, it's like they all have to deck up in hazmat suits and they all have little um, – those little machine things that pick up the level of radiation. Yeah. and Because uh, I've been watching them on YouTube and people are not allowed to stop. They, like, start at the entrance and they keep the whole tour, like, almost jogging and they, they don't stop at any room. You have your camera and you get ready to, like, take photos of random shit, but you are not allowed to stop and pause and read anything. You just have to keep wow. going. And they go through, I think, reactor uh, two, two or three just because they're both, like, made. They're, all four of them are made identically. So, yeah. like, if you go into reactor one, it's going to look like reactor four. Yeah. So, yeah. YouTube it. It's great. It's same with I Fukushima. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I would have thought... um. 
it'd be too dangerous to go through the react uh, the actual plant. I, I want to route the tour guide. Yes, because they're doing it all the same. Same chick does it. Like there's this woman and she's really fucking like sturdy and she's like a little bull terrier and I don't know, man. Yeah, but like there's like <sighs> the famous Ferris wheel is there and yep. like it's like stop and stopped in time. It's like just this yeah. weird eighties yep. city, you know, with plants and stuff everywhere. It's crazy. Uh there's a there's also like a found footage horror film about that's based in Chernobyl. Is that wreck? No, I love Wreck. That's in Spain. Um, it might be called Chernobyl. Oh. Uh, oh, no. It's called The Chernobyl Diaries. Oh, cool. Yeah. Damn. And it's about kind of dark tourists. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's about kind of like these monsters that have evolved there. Right. They only come out in the dark, that kind Damn. of thing. It's yeah, there's good. a lot of yeah, like artist, artist kind of reconstructions of these like real dark paintings, really amazing surrealist paintings of like these weird mutant people that are living in Chernobyl which is quite disrespectful but at the same time it, it people wonder what the hell's going on like not uh, unlike Japan people know what's happening in Japan because it's a free mm-hmm. country about the Soviet Union it's very remote people like what the hell is you know really happening there yes. so there's all these like crazy monsters that have created and it's really cool yeah so uh that was a super heavy episode thank you so much thank you girl that was a heavy episode (laughs) it was also a really long one there's gonna be like an hour and a half i'm tired (laughs) i'm tired too until um until next time guys guys. again welcome to season three episode one and uh until next time be creepy but don't be a creep boom boom sound effect sound effect Be gay. Apparently on Saturday I was a rapper. They've, you, they've called me. They've called me Gem and M. So Gemma was sitting having they call some me wine, and she just starts rapping. And it is like she's quite good. And I laid, I laid a sick bass. And there was a fire that we were all standing around. I don't know why someone said Gemma do a rap, and I was like, um, I can't remember. That's a good either. idea. Uh, and I was like something about. The kitty litter was on the floor. Yeah, I she's don't like going to the dog park, singing my dog. You know what? You got to rap about stuff you Ugh. know. I'm not going to rap about money and hoes because that's not my thing. Because I ain't got no money, and you are a hoe. I'm already a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's party. All right, cool.